Hey everyone and welcome to the Ultimate Fighting Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Henson. So we have some heavy news topics to get into this week. In addition to UFC Nashville and UFC Fight Night ESPN 2 for next week. Um, We're going to hop into UFC Nashville first. Talking about last night's fights. Um, The last two weeks the fights have been over pretty early and i've actually really enjoyed it Uh, when they did ufc london last week i was actually over at a friend's house to play video games and i have the espn app on my phone so i can just watch the fights from my phone and i thought okay you know it's like nine o'clock so fights are gonna start that's usually when fights used to start so i opt on my phone Getting ready to watch. Not too long after. Darren Till and Jorge Masvidal is about to start. And I was like, whoa. Guys, it's like shortly after 9. And this is the main event. I missed everything else. And I had to watch the rest of it Sunday morning. Um, This time, I actually did not go over and play video games at my friend's house. And I sat at home and watched the fights. And it was actually a really good night of fights. Um, Especially if you're, you know, you really enjoy the wrestling and grappling aspect of it. It was just some really uh, good fights. See all aspects of the fighting game throughout the night. Even though I know a lot of people really don't like the wrestling aspect for some reason. And still watch MMA. But... I really enjoyed the fights. There were some really good fights throughout the night. And so let's go ahead and get into UFC Nashville so we can get to the really amazing finish to the night. So in the prelims on ESPN Plus, there was a flyweight bout between Eric Shelton and Jordan Espinoza. Jordan Espinoza ended up winning unanimous decision 29-28, 30-27-30-27. For like the first five prelim fights, I didn't get to watch those yet, and I'm going to go back and watch them later. But I've seen bits and pieces from some of them so far. Then we jumped into a bantamweight bout between Ryan McDonald and Chris Gutierrez. Chris Gutierrez picked up a unanimous decision victory. All three judges scored at 30-27. Then we had a women's strawweight bout with Randa Marcos pulling out an amazing armbar in the first round, four minutes, 24 seconds in. She was pulling for this armbar really hard, and then got it. Got Angela's arm and absolutely torqued it within like a second and got the tap. Then we had a women's flyweight bout between number five, Alexis Davis, and Jennifer Maya. Jennifer Maya picked up a unanimous decision victory, 29-28, from all three judges. Then a bantamweight bout between Marlon Vera and Frankie Science. Marlon Vera picks up 
a TKO in round one, one minute, 25 seconds. And I watched this one, but I already managed to forget how the TKO occurred. Then we jump into the main event of the prelims, a featherweight bout between Bryce Mitchell and Bobby Moffitt. And this fight actually got Fight of the Night honors. And both guys ended up getting uh, 50000 for this fight. Bryce Mitchell picked up the victory. Unanimous decision, 29-28 from all three judges. It was a really close fight. Um, Bryce Mitchell happened to do a little bit more. And I think it was it was either the second or the third round I gave to Moffitt. Um, Moffitt seemed to just not be connecting with as much stuff and not doing as much that as he needed to. They then start off the main card with an amazing women's flyweight bout between Macy Barber and J.J. Aldrich. Macy Barber was a um, a strawweight prior to this, and she moved up to flyweight. Said she actually feels more comfortable at flyweight because she doesn't have to do that weight cut anymore. Um, Aldrich was was actually winning this fight in the first and the second rounds. Uh, She got, Aldrich got a knockdown, knocked Macy Barber down in the first round, and just throughout the first and the second, making some really good connections with her jabs and keeping octagon control. Um, Up until about two and a half minutes into the second round, when Macy Barber connected with a left hook that rocked Aldrich, and Barber just kept coming forward and hitting off on Aldrich when Aldrich was up against the cage for the ref to pull uh, Barber off and stop the fight. Three minutes, one second into the second round with a standing TKO victory for Barber. It was a pretty amazing turnaround for Barber. Um... I really didn't think she was going to win this as I watched the first and second. (coughs) (coughs) Sorry about that. I really didn't think Barber was going to win this watching the first and second rounds. I really thought Aldrich was going to take this fight and then Barber kind of turned it around with a really good left hook and pulled the fight back for her and pulled up the victory. Once she connected with that left hook, she was just throwing really good strikes and focusing on her accuracy and just kept going and it was really good. Then they had a featherweight bout after this with Lewis, the violent Bob Ross Pena, and Stephen Ocho Peterson. Lewis Pena got a unanimous decision 30-27 from all three judges. Um, Peterson kept pushing for the clinch and wrestling, but Pena kept, uh, turning pretty much any thing that Peterson was going for around eventually, uh, kept, 
defending all the takedowns and kept landing solid strikes and kicks throughout the fight. Um, it was, you know, somewhat close, but it was somewhat more one-sided towards Pina. Pina, um, Pina did come in with a three-pound weight advantage. He did miss weight and weighed in at 158. I want to say 148. Yeah, 148 for this fight. And he was actually really tall. I think six foot three. And I have no concept how he managed to manages to drop to featherweight, but it's you know different. Um, he looked really well, pushed the pace throughout the fight, and it was a really good fight. Then we had a flyweight bout between number one. Juicy Formiga and number four, Devison Figueredo. And this is just another fight that points out that Juicy A needs a title shot already. He looked really well during this fight with Figueredo. Um, it was a really good fight, and he needs he needs to be in a title shot next. Uh, Juicy A won with the unanimous decision, 30-27, 29-28, and 29-28. And the next fight I want to see from Juicy A or from Cejudo is against one another. Um, there's not another fight at this point that I want to see out of either of them. I mean, Juicy A has been number one for a little while now, and he keeps just beating the top guys and proving again and again and again that he deserves a title shot. So hopefully UCA gets it next. Then we have a lightweight bout between John Macdesi and Jesus Pinedo. Macdesi ended up get, pulling out a unanimous decision victory, 30-27, 30-27, and 29-28. Pinedo just didn't look as active as he, he needed to be throughout the fight. Um, Magdes is uh, until like towards the end of the fight. Pinedo is when Pinedo really started to get into it. And Magdes, he just, he was fighting really well in his standup and in his boxing. And Pinedo just didn't seem quite there until the end of the fight. It was just a little too, a little too late. Then we have the co-main event between number uh, heavyweights number four Curtis Razorblades and Justin Big Pretty Willis, and this was just an absolute um, outclassing from one fighter to the next. Curtis Razorblades just outclassed Willis during this fight. He out wrestled him, um, even in the boxing. Willis had a little bit more on the boxing, but Razorblades caught Willis in the second round and rocked him pretty hard before picking him up and just dropping him with a massive takedown. Um, Willis attempted a Kimura, but it, the Kimura tip only lasted like maybe five seconds before Blades got out and just continued to do the same thing he was doing the whole fight, 
maintaining control of his wrestling positions and landing strikes. And it, it was an absolute beautiful performance by Blades. The judges uh, scored it 30-27, 30-26, and 30-25 for Blades. I went 30-27 just because I wanted to have given it quite 10-8 rounds to Blades on this one. Um, if he did a little bit more, I, there could have been one or two of those rounds. I would have given him a 10-8. But hopefully, you know, this, hopefully Blades from here gets a top five opponent. He wants, um, in one of his interviews last night, he said he wanted either Stipe, uh, who was it, Stipe JDS, or I think um, his name's missing me right now, Hot Balls, Black Beast, uh, Lewis. He wants one of those three guys next. Um, I think him and JDS would be a good fight, except it's just going to propel one of them down again. I think I'd rather see Blades versus Lewis. I think Blades could, could easily take that victory. And I'd like to see that because somehow Lewis jumped Blades in the rankings a few months ago to get that title shot. And it made zero, zero sense. But nonetheless, I'm still rooting for Blades. Um, hopefully we'll see more from Willis in the future. Then we had a welterweight bout for the main event between number three, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson versus Anthony Showtime Pettis. Can never rule out Showtime when you're picking fights. Because when you do, he'll just pull something out and pick up the victory. So for the majority of the fight, Stephen Thompson was actually winning and looked really well. He was landing with his strikes, landing really solid strikes, um, keeping his distance from Pettis and using his reach to his advantage and was really just looking really well and making it look like, you know, Pettis was a top fighter, but that Pettis wasn't going to win this one. And then, you know, clock was counting down towards the end of the second round. And with five seconds left, Pettis pulls out a Superman punch and knocks Thompson out cold and picks up the KO victory. Four minutes, 55 seconds into the second round. Pettis pulled an amazing comeback out. Um, later last night on Facebook Live from the hospital, Wonder Boy said he didn't even know what happened until he was in the ambulance and called what Pettis did a ninja move. Said he didn't even see it coming. Um, it was also the first time that Thompson has been KO'd and he's fought, you know, a lot of top guys to get KO'd by Pettis. It's really good. Um, Pettis, 
thinks he might stick around at welterweight for a little bit. Said he's not done at lightweight. Still has a couple fights at lightweight he would like. Um, hopefully next, it's a possibility we might see that his fight RDA. RDA. Sorry. RDA's already starting stuff online saying after he beats Lee, he'll come and take on Pettis. I think that'd actually be a really interesting matchup. Um, you know, both of their styles are, you know, very unorthodox, but somehow their styles are super similar to one another's. Pettis and Randa Marcos got performance of the night bonuses. And I really wish that they'd stop with the performance of the night thing and go back to giving it, calling it submission of the night and knockout of the night. Made much more sense. So let's go ahead and jump into some news real quick and some hot topics. Um, UFC and ESPN made another deal this week earlier this week, that extends their four-year deal two more years to make it a six-year deal. And on top of that, their uh, UFC's pay-per-views are now going to be, quote-unquote, ESPN Plus exclusive. Um, they will still have their pay-per-view show at sports bars like Buffalo Wild Wings and local sports bars. But if you are one of those people that used to sit at home and watch it on your TV on pay-per-view, that's not exactly going to be an option anymore. So now you're going to have to have an ESPN Plus subscription, and you're going to have to pay $60 now for the pay-per-views instead of the $65. Uh, they said they moved it to $60 because the ESPN Plus subscription is $5. But this... Uh, this also gives them the ability to change pay-per-view prices. So in the future, when a pay-per-view has something happen to it where it kind of falls apart or falls through, you could see prices drop or be, you know lower when they can't get a huge main event on it. Um, and then maybe see you know prices be more like forty or fifty dollars. Because now they have this deal with ESPN and they can change the pricing value. Whereas before the deal was through paper, you know, paper pay-per-view providers like DirecTV and Cox. And so, you know, they didn't have as much say in their pricing model before as they will now. Um, so we'll definitely see some something different with that probably in the future as most of these pay-per-views have a fight that falls through. Um, but, you know, all their pay-per-views are going to be through ESPN Plus now. And another thing I noticed as I was looking at Fight Pass the other day, when you want to go back and watch one of the fights that happened on ESPN Plus and watch it on Fight Pass, I don't know that that's going to be a thing anymore. I don't know that we're going to have that capability anymore. Um, this is all speculation. You know, this is not official. Uh, everything about the $60 and everything else that did not include Fight Pass was uh, accurate. Um, this new stuff involving Fight Pass is just speculation, guys. So 
from what I think and what I noticed is I don't think that if the fight happens on ESPN or ESPN Plus that we're going to be able to watch it on Fight Pass anymore. And, you know, you're going to have to watch it on ESPN Plus. So if you want a playback of it, then you're going to have to pay for that $60 of it. But, I mean, that's only useful to so many people. Typically, a lot of fight fans don't go back and watch them. Um, It's more so useful for, you know, people like me and other uh, podcasters and journalists. Because we go back a lot of the times and watch fights uh, building up to fight nights and pay-per-views of you know pre- of the fighters previous performances so it affects me a little bit but for the most part because i keep all my notes on fights i'll be able to just read back through my previous notes and i'll still be able to use that fight information if there's something i forget um if you do have if you do still have fight pass I think it's still going to be good to keep it because if you were using it up to this point, with even with the ESPN deal, you know, Fight Pass still has it perks. Those like 232 pay per views from UFC prior to 2019, you still get to go back and watch those all their fight nights. They have, I think they said 20 plus promotions that they partnered with that. Those fights are also on Fight Pass where you get to see you get to watch these up and comers who eventually possibly make it to the UFC fight. And they still have all this new content that they, they keep providing. Um, that's not so much the fighting, but a lot of the stuff that goes into it and the history behind the sport and just some amusing stuff too, if you're interested in watching the funny and amusing stuff. So it's still very useful, um, especially for the price. So we've got a few more things. I'm going to juggle my stuff around here, though, um, because we've got like eight minutes before I take a break. So I'm going to jump into this other one instead. Frank Shamrock hit the news earlier this week. He left his dog tied up at an airport for four days. Um, Dallas PD is possibly looking at charging Shamrock with animal cruelty. Um, His dog is now safe and in care of an SPCA center in Texas. So Shamrock went on a trip to see his mom, I believe, and left his dog tied up in the parking garage at the airport. Apparently, he made multiple posts on Facebook asking friends and family if anyone could watch him. Didn't make any arrangements. Didn't make any official arrangements to have anyone watch the dog. And then left for the weekend. Said he was an animal lover and tried to dispute the fact that he left the dog tied up at the airport when there was a a news article written about it. He tried to dispute this on Facebook, on his official Facebook, and then it later, uh, the rest of the story started coming out as well. Um, 
So he's probably going to get charged with animal cruelty. I'm glad that the dog is safe. And yeah, that's just, I, I don't see a situation where you can be considered an animal lover, but leave your dog tied up at an airport for four days that it's messed up. And, you know, we're in a world where technology has so many options now. If you can't get friends and family to watch the dog, there are so many different options out there now where you can find a dog sitter or someone to take your dog for a few days or talk to, you know, a, um, a vet or a clinic or some care facility for pets to board your dog for a few days. There's a lot of options here to where this should not be something that happened. This should not be the case. And yeah, this is, this is unacceptable. So here, here's a little bit silly of a story. Somewhat silly. Pedro Munoz faces a temporary suspension following his UFC 235 fight. Um, he was temporarily suspended with the possibility of a longer suspension due to climbing the fence and jumping over the fence at 235 and talk, to talk to uh, Dominic Cruz. Apparently in the New York, no, 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 in the Nevada State Athletic Commission handbook, there is a section or subsection rule in there that states fighters, basically states fighters cannot jump over the octagon and leave the octagon um, during any period of the fight, whether it be during the fight, in between rounds, post-fight, beginning the fight, none of that. Basically, if you're fighting, don't be jumping over the cage. Um, so he did actually break the rules in this situation. Um, he has been suspended temporarily. He there's a hearing on March 27th. And we will see at that point if he's going to have a longer suspension. So we'll see about that. Um my dogs are barking, so I'm going to go take care of that. And it's just about in time for a break. Maybe a minute or two left. So I'll be right back. And then we're going to jump into the real heavy hitter with title implications on the line. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Be right back. And we're back. So if you haven't heard, there is now a vacant UFC title. TJ Dillashaw announced earlier this week that there was adverse findings from USADA and uh, New York State Athletic Commission test and relinquished his belt and said he did not want to hold up the division. So this comes two months after the January 19th fight that these tests actually correlate with. Um, New York State Athletic Commission announced, I think it was later that day, 
or the next day that he is getting a one-year suspension and a $10,000 fine. So there were a couple things I noticed from this announcement. A lot of fans were actually rooting for TJ and on TJ's side and saying how this you know, was probably just from a diuretic or from a tainted supplement. Even though it's been two months since the uh, since the test took place and the fight took place, and typically the announcements come two to three weeks after the test is taken. So why did it take two months? I feel like Dillashaw knew he was going to be suspended, and that's why he relinquished his belt. And everyone's saying, you know, good job on you for not holding up the division. Good job on you. Um, it was probably just a supplement or diuretic. But when O'Malley, Sean O'Malley announced last year, I believe it was in October, that he wasn't going to be at his fight, you know, like two or three weeks after his test, it's right before the fight, everyone was up in arms and was saying he was probably doing steroids and all kinds of stuff. And I I just find it funny. O'Malley announces almost immediately that he wasn't going to be at the fight due to a possible tainted supplement. Dillashaw announces two months after that there's adverse findings. But yet everyone's all on Dillashaw's side and everyone's hating on O'Malley. Um, seems a little messed up and it seems a little fishy to me. But this also comes with something different. There's no Bantamweight champion now. So... Who's going to fight for the Bantamweight title? Um, I think Marlon Marais absolutely needs to be the next guy to fight for that title. Now, luckily, down there, there's no one making them billions of dollars. So they're not going to pull some nonsense, probably. And Marlon Marais most likely will be in the uh, title fight for the vacant title question just is, who's he going to be fighting? Um, is he going to be fighting Aljamain? Is he going to be fighting Cejudo? You know, um, there's there's a lot of options. A lot of people want to see Cejudo versus Marlon Rice. Um, I think it'd be a good fight. It'd make sense since Cejudo beat Dillashaw. But then the question kind of um, becomes what they're going to do with the flyweight title because they have a number one contender down there. Uh, Juicy Formiga. And now they want to have Juicy Formiga fight Joseph Benavidez, which, you know, I, I get both guys are contenders, but Juicy Formiga just solidified the fact that he should be next for the title and he deserves a title shot. Um, so I really think he needs to be next and that they have need to have Cejudo versus Formiga. 
Now, if they had Cejudo fight Marais for the vacant Bantamweight title, I think they also need to have Cejudo scheduled for a title fight against Formiga um, instead of doing Formiga versus Benavidez. Because Formiga's already proven that he deserves that title shot. He shouldn't have to prove again that he deserves a title shot again. Um, there's also talks about Rafael Asuncel being in that, but he just, you know, him and Marais just had that fight. Uh, Pedro Munoz, because Pedro just beat Cody Garbrandt, and I could see Pedro and Marais being a good fight. Um, and then you got Jimmy Rivera and Aljamain Sterling as options as well. Jimmy Rivera, I'm not quite as keen on because Jimmy Rivera's, you know, he's ranked like number seven. Um, if Jimmy Rivera fought like Garbrandt or Dominique first, or not uh, Dominique, but Pedro first, and then a title shot, okay, I could understand that. That's more reasonable to me. Um, I think Marais and Sterling would be good. Marais and Munoz would be good. Um, if they were keeping flyweight, the only way I could see Henry and Marais being reasonable fight is if Henry also has a fight scheduled against Formiga. Not the same day, but, you know, shortly after. It, I just think Formiga should be next for that title shot. Um, if they aren't keeping the flyweight division, then absolutely Cejudo versus Marais, without a doubt, should be the uh, should be the fight for the vacant bantamweight belt. But you know, there's a lot of options there, and there's a lot of good options there, all of which kind of contain Marais, and they should all contain Marais because Marais should be the next guy. He's proven that, and he he need he should be getting that title shot. Um, if you guys think something different for who should be fighting for that, uh, let me know on Twitter or in the Facebook group who you think is some possible matchups for that title. And while we're at it, I, you know, want to take a look at, you know, number one contenders and possible matchup for titles and what we do have coming up for title shots. See, so Flyweight, I definitely think Juicier and Cejudo should, you know, Juicier should get the next shot at Cejudo. From what it sounds like, they're going to do Juicier and Benavidez, though, in a number one contender fight. Bantamweight, I think it just depends, but Marais for sure needs to be in that vac vacant title fight. And then you have Cejudo, um, Sterling, Mute and Munoz as options to fight against him. Um, and they're looking at doing Cejudo and Marais currently. For Featherweight, it's kind of hard to, right now for to find a contender for Hallway. Because, um, you know, number one and number two, you have Jose Aldo, and two, you have Brian Ortega. And Ortega just lost to Holloway last year. I think Ortega needs to build his way back up there. Maybe fight Aldo. Um, maybe fight someone else. 
But if Alexander Volkanovsky beats Aldo, if Volkanovsky beats Aldo, then maybe Volkanovsky gets the next title shot. That that one actually makes sense to me because Brian Ortega just lost to Holloway not too long ago. Frankie Edgar, oh, I've, you know, Frankie Edgar is probably one of the best fighters to have never won a title. He has lost many title shots, but he's he's darn near one of the best guys to never hold a title. Him and Cowboy Cerrone for sure. And in lightweight, it really should be Ferguson. Um, even though you know they're doing the Poirier versus Holloway interim title. And if it's not Ferguson, then the winner of Poirier versus Holloway needs to be fighting Khabib. In reality, I think they're going to do Connor versus Khabib. And then at welterweight, I don't really know. Um, ouch, ouch. So this is a little weird, and they probably haven't updated their welterweight rankings since last night. Because, yeah, Stephen Thompson's still ranked number three. Then you have RDA ranked at four. If RDA beats Kevin Lee, that kind of pushes him up above Stephen Thompson. Um, Tyrone just lost. Colby should be next just to pr- protect the sanctity of that interim title because it's if Colby's not next for the if for a title shot then the interim title really does mean absolutely nothing um, and, and it already kind of means next to nothing so I really think that they need to have a Colby fight. Kamaru, as much as I don't like Colby, it's the fight that needs to be next. And looking at these rankings, Darren Till dropped from number three all the way down to number seven, and Masvidal jumped all the way up to number five. He jumped six spots. Maya dropped two and hasn't fought in a while. Ponzinibbio dropped. Lawler dropped. Gunnar Nelson dropped one as well. Vincent Vicente Luque is now ranked two. Um, Middleweight. That that one, we have an interim title with Gastelum and Adesanya. And I think that one's actually going to be really good. Is Rockhold, is Romero still middleweight? I thought Romero, yeah, Romero is still middleweight. I really felt like he was going to go up to light heavyweight too. He really should. Um, But yeah, Gaslam and Adesanya for the interim belts happening at 236. I think that's going to be a really good fight. I think Adesanya is going to come out of that one, the victor. And then we'll see Adesanya and Whitaker later this year. Um, Rockhold's going up to light heavyweight. Don't know if he's staying in light heavyweight yet, but he's still in the middleweight rankings. And then you got Romero's fighting Souza. 
yeah, not a whole lot changing in middleweight other than fighters going up. Romero needs to go up to light heavyweight also. Then you got light heavyweight. Um, Santos, definitely the next person to fight for the belt of light heavyweight. Oh, that kills me to see. Dominic Reyes went up to fifth place just under Santos and Anthony Smith. Still messed up. I can't believe he went up three places. He beat he, in the scorebooks, he beat Vulcan Ozdemir, but he didn't beat Ozdemir. That was a loss. Ozdemir won that fight and got it stolen from him. Wrong. And so Reyes passed Jan Blockwicks, Vulcan Ostmir, and Corey Anderson off of a win he didn't even win. Um, Santos should be next, depending on how Rockhold does in middleweight or in light heavyweight. He could be next after Santos for a title shot, you know, depending on if Santos win or loses, but. You could see Rockhold pretty soon in title contention pictures. Because I don't think Gus is going to get it. And Smith has, you know, needs to win one or a little bit more. And Smith versus Gus is going to mix up the rankings there. Then heavyweights, kind of a bit of a mess at the moment. Um, Brock's probably going to get that one. You know, Stipe has an argument for a rematch. Francis kind of has an argument for a fight. JDS is back up there in picture. And Curtis Blades is back up there in title picture. Um, I think either, either, you know, any of those fights would be really good to see against DC. Any of those. Ooh, and I... Uh, Rose and Andrade is coming up as well, and that's going to be a good fight. And I think Shevchenko is scheduled to fight I, which is going to be good. And how did... I'm so confused on what they are doing with Sajara Eubanks. They had Eubanks ranked really low before when she was supposed to get a title shot, and now all of a sudden that she didn't get get the title shot. She's ranked number two. I have no idea what they are doing with her. You know, I'm, I'm happy for her, but I just have no idea what they are doing with her. They got to be screwing with this girl's emotions in the last year. Um, Amanda at Bantamweight. What? Uh, oh, it was Featherweight. Did they completely dissolve featherweight? Because I don't even see I haven't seen featherweight women's featherweight rankings on UFC's website in months. Ever since Amanda became the featherweight champion, have not seen a featherweight rank women's featherweight rankings. If someone knows anything about that, if you could let me know what like if they dissolved it or something, um, that'd be cool. Cause I'm just curious to know what's going on with that. Um, I heard Holly Holmes is in that they're talking Nunez versus Holly. I don't particularly think this is a good fight for Holly. 
Holly's record against champions and top contenders is not good at all. She has lost against like all of them other than Rousey. You know, she beat Rousey, then she lost to Tate, I believe, and lost to Cyborg. I don't know that you really want to fight Nunez. I don't think she's one you stand a good chance against. I I think Nunez easily takes that one, and then we could probably see Nunez fight uh, Durandamy, and that'd be good. You know, there's a lot of options in the women's divisions for good fights. You got in the strawweight, you got um, Tatiana Suarez, Claudia, Carolina come in there, Michelle Watterson, Carla. There's a lot of good people in the top 10. And we have Tisha Torres, Wiley Zhang went for women's strawweight. And then flyweight, you got Jessica I, Eubanks, um, JJ, Alexis Davis, Carmooch. Um, and Bantam, we have a ton of them, too. Deronime, uh, Home, Vera, Pennington, Zingano, Lad, Kunitskaya, McMahon. There's just a lot of them in these divisions. And, pa- and Paige Van Zandt's still ranked, too. Um, that's pr- pretty neat for her. No. I know she's going to be out a little while. So, let's go and jump into the next fight night now. You know, there's a lot of title fight options to come up. Um, those, those are all the ones I think should be happening. You know, I'm, they're probably not going to listen to me and what I say because they never do. Um, <laughs> they usually just irritate me instead. But we'll, you know, see how that works out in the rest of the year. So... UFC Fight Night ESPN 2. Um, Their fight next Saturday is actually going to be on regular ESPN this week. I think the prelims and pre-prelims are on um, ESPN Plus, if I am correct. But, you know, the main card will be on ESPN and the prelims are on ESPN, but the pre-prelims are on ESPN+. Plus. It's happening at the Wells Fargo Center. Fights start at 6 o'clock. Oh, 6 o'clock my time for the main card. And then the prelims start at 4. That's my time. Wow, that's going to get over early. It's going to be like a 9, 10 o'clock night again. Oh, maybe even 9. Yeah, like, they'll be over by 10, probably. Yeah, so a lot of times they allow a half-hour time slot for each fight. There's like six fights in the main card. It starts at 6. Yeah, it'll be over by 10. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I like having sleep again with this ESPN stuff, but... You know, means I need to be home or watching on my phone and taking notes. I, I kind of like it, though. Uh, you know, it's better than being over at midnight 
here because I know that's like one o'clock on the one or two on the west uh, east side of the country. So they're starting off the main card with a featherweight bout between. I'm sorry if I butcher your name. Um, Sadek Yusuf and Shaman Marais. I'm going with Shaman Marais on this one. Um, if I recall, I picked him because he was the underdog in this one. Or no, no, no. He had more experience. He had more experience, and that's why I picked him. Went with the experienced fighter. Um, it's not a whole lot more experience, but it's a little bit. I'm just going to go with experience on this one. Then we have a light heavyweight bout between Kennedy Nesekyu. I probably screwed that one up. Versus Paul Craig. I'm going with Kennedy on this one. Um, I have like zero reasoning for this pick. <laughs> you know, most of the time I have some logic behind my picks, but I'm, I've got zero reasoning behind picking Kennedy. I just am. Then we have a women's strawweight bout between number six, Carolina Kowakowicz, and number nine, Michelle Watterson. Um, Michelle's been doing pretty good in her last few fights. I want to say she's been doing, getting more wins in her last few fights, if I recall right. But I'm going with Carolina on this one. Um, both of these girls have been fighting really hard to get to the top of the division. Uh, occasionally bouncing back and forth between wins and losses. But I'm going to go with Carolina. I think she can pull this one off and then kind of get herself pushed up in the women's in the strawweight division. Maybe she can get a title shot eventually. A few more fights down the road. Um, yeah, I'm going with Carolina on that one. Then we have a featherweight bout between number 10, Josh Emmett, and Michael Johnson. I don't know how Michael Johnson's not ranked, but I'm going with Michael Johnson on that one. Um, then we have a middleweight bout for the co-main event between number 11, David Branch, and Jack Hermanson. I'm taking David Branch on that one. David Branch is usually, you know, fights you pretty well most of the time. He's a really good. Um, I'm rooting for him on that. Then we have a lightweight bout between number six, Edson Barbosa, and number seven, Justin Gaethje. I have gone back and forth on my pick for this fight about eight or nine different times. Um, so if by the time that the fights actually happen, my pick changes again, do not be surprised. Uh, I love both these guys. Both these guys are really good. Um, Edson's been making a comeback since his loss to Khabib. Gaethje's been doing really well as, as well. He's been looking phenomenal. Uh, but I'm taking Gaethje on this one. Um, I, I, I don't have a reason other than in my head I flipped a coin about eight different times. And one time I went with Barbosa, one time I went with Gaethje, and back and forth. And currently I'm going with Gaethje on this one. Um, maybe fight night I'll still be saying the same thing. So that will be our main event next week. Um, I think the week 
after that is a non-fight week, and we kind of get a little break from fights, but before we have UFC 236. And so that'll be somewhat nice with as much as we've had fights lately between Bellator and UFC. And next weekend's also, um, I forget what the event's called, but one championship is having one of their big events. And that will be the first fight for Mighty Mouse and Eddie. So both those guys will have their first fight in one next weekend. So next weekend's got some big fights happening as well. Um, We'll talk about them here next week, same time. And I will talk with y'all then. Let me know what it, maybe there'll be some really big news throughout the week again. If not, let me know what you want to hear talked about. And I've got to get going because someone's home and the dog wants to go say hi. But thank you everyone for listening. I'll talk to you all next week. Like us on Facebook um, at ultimate-ufp-ultimate-fighting-podcast on Facebook. Find us on Twitter at UFP2019. Um, Let us know what you think about this week's fights. Keep up to date with news. Um, Let us know what topics you want to hear about. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, anchor and give us a rating and review please it doesn't have to be a five star um if it's less than that i totally understand i'm sure there's some stuff that i I know there's stuff that can be improved on the podcast always learning trying to make it better you know leave us a rating and review and let me know how i can do that and let me know what you guys think uh thanks everyone for listening I'm Justin Henson, and I will see you all next week. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.